This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 86. Hello, welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your co-host, Brett Hurst, but I just wanted to do the opening because I hadn't done it in a long time. (laughs) And I'm Kelly Hurst. (laughs) The other co-host, or host. Anyway, we're both marriage educators. We're co-founders of Home Encouragement, and this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. That's why we're here. Yay! So today's episode is called Triggers. What do we do with them? Mm. So continuing our conversation from last time. In the last episode, we were discussing general types of triggers. And we talked about uh, you know, the fact that some triggers are pre-existing. Others can be caused in the current relationship. Uh, and then there's some universal triggers, uh, mainly just being open to learning about all these triggers, what they are, uh, where they came from, and also what your partner's triggers are. So... Since we're looking today at triggers, uh, we thought we would also talk further about what to do about them. Yeah, kind of a part two of the conversation. Well, there's a great quote by Viktor Frankl where he says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. I love that quote. It's a good quote. So you don't want to be... Lost in Space. Wow. Do you remember that show? Um, that was a little before my time, since I'm significantly younger than you are. But you remember a lot of the same I know things. what the show is, but I didn't watch it. You don't remember the robot, you know? No. Warning, warning, danger. No. Did All you right. watch it, I'm assuming? Yeah, I did, I did. That was one of those shows that started in black and white and went to color? Or Possibly. No? Yeah, okay. it was in that era where things were switching to color. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see it now and just see how cheesy. When I was a kid, I mean, I thought it was really sophisticated. Well, I I just love that uh, that quote by Viktor Frankl because it's true. There is space between the stimulus and the response, except we don't typically live like that. That there's space that we have a choice, right, to choose our response. We feel like this is our lot in life. Yeah, and we you know we get triggered. And we just react, and we assume that we don't have any control over that reaction, and it's simply not true. Yes. We may have to practice, but that's the, the whole word responsibility is our, our ability to respond. Mm-hmm. We get to choose. And so that's a little bit what we're talking about today. The first thing we, you know, in this whole context of triggers is I think you've got to notice when you're triggered, and you've got to engage your curiosity about it. So it goes back to you got to know what your triggers are, and then mm-hmm. you got to know when they're kicking into gear. Right. The simple act of noticing brings awareness, and awareness can be the beginning of change. It's not always the beginning of change, but it certainly can be. Mm-hmm. And when we stop to notice that we're feeling uncomfortable or we're being emotionally loaded, You know, becoming aware of that trigger is the first step in moving beyond it. Mm -hmm. And as we practice noticing and kind of understanding our overreactions, 
we can become more attuned to the triggers that cause those reactions in us. And as we become more attuned, we can begin to work on becoming more aware as to why we react the way that we do. It's kind of like when I first noticed that I had overreactions to key lime pie. Please unpack this example. I cannot wait to get to the bottom of this. There's nothing much to say except, uh, you know, we went to uh, we went to Key West and the other Florida Keys mm-hmm. a couple, of years, a couple ago. Of years ago, and I had key lime pie every single night. Every no, single night. No matter night. which Florida Key we were on. That's right. Yeah. And did you feel wonderful? What was the overreaction? Uh, just that I couldn't control the- <laughs> I thought you were going to say like, you know, bliss, joy, happiness. certainly all that. Well, and some other uh, more negative uh, manifestations from that. Well, so we've got to to just be in the business of noticing when we are triggered because not everyone does. And and sometimes we can just skip right over it. Then we're in our reaction, Mm -hmm. maybe a negative reaction. And we look around and go, wait, what the heck? What, What even caused that, you know? Right. Uh, the second thing we want to do is you got to be willing to do a little bit of introspective investigating. Now, I'll be the first to say this takes practice. This is not something that we just sort of figure out we're going to do one day. You're talking about the art of reflection, basically, yes. which we don't do cultu- <laughs> culturally at all. No, yeah. we, we're so bad at this. And if you're willing to trace your story back to why you might be feeling the way you're feeling, mm-hmm you might actually discover some real treasure. I think some of the pushback to this, when we suggest this to mm-hmm. people, you know, when we say, okay, well, let's try to figure out where that trigger came from mm-hmm. and, you know, what childhood event may have spurred this on or mm-hmm. adolescent or, or even adult event. And people will say, yeah, I just don't, you know, this is, yeah. don't want to go. Childhood, childhood. Yeah, just don't want to go there. We're not saying that you got to live there. Right. We're, we're saying the opposite. Yeah. You just want to go there so you can figure, figure out, out what it is. Exactly. And then turn that over to the Lord so right. that he can redeem it, transform it, so you don't transmit it mm-hmm. to other people. Yeah. And you think about, too, learning what your triggers are and the stories behind your triggers. Think of what a gift that is to your spouse. Because... He or she, all they know is that you blow up every time this one thing happens Mm -hmm. or you withdraw and clam up every time this trigger hits, but they don't know the story. They don't know what has contributed to that. And so they're kind of in the dark. Whereas if we can figure out what they are and bring our spouse into that conversation and go, you know what? This is this is why I act this way. It's because of this. And in the long run, all of this is a lot more economical yeah. than not realizing it, calling it what it is, mm-hmm. dealing with it, sharing it with one another, learning from mm-hmm. it, and then moving forward. Yeah. This is all about moving forward. Yeah. We want couples to get to a better place. Yeah. So I wanted to share a few examples of just kind of some, I don't know, general ideas of triggers. You know, a person who felt ignored and dismissed growing up might start yelling whenever they feel like they're not being heard. Mm -hmm. And again, I want to emphasize, I don't remember if we said this in the last episode or not, but triggers aren't always from 
one traumatic experience. Right, that can be multi-layered. More times they're over like, well, this is how my, you know, my parents were, I'm just using an example, your parents were very image conscious. And so they were very maybe hypercritical about how you looked. Mm -hmm. And so now your husband tells you, oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's my favorite dress on you. And you go, you know, um, it may not be one thing your parents ever said to you. It might just be a cumulative, cumulative experience. Mm -hmm. A person who had an emotionally unavailable previous partner may get insecure whenever someone isn't there for them. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like I've been down this road and I perceive this as being down that same road. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to react or even overreact to that. Right. A person who felt controlled in the past might get angry when they think they're being told what to do. So maybe you had a parent or a previous partner who was just always micromanaging, you know, always in your business, always trying to control your behavior. And then your wife asks you to take out the trash and you're like, quit trying to control me. You know, it may have come from control. I was just talking about garbage. (laughs) Exactly. A person who felt helpless for years might panic when they're in a situation over which they have no control. Mm -hmm. So they've, they've, they've got to try to stay in control all the time. So these are just kind of like, you know, just to, just to throw stuff out to get people thinking, our Mm -hmm. listeners thinking. Right. These are examples of asking yourself, you know, what is this really about? Mm -hmm. You know, because surely just my husband or my wife asking me to do something or behaving in a certain way, that can't be what this is all about Mm -hmm. because I don't get this upset about other things, Mm -hmm. you know? And, And sometimes we get confused you know, and we compare some of these things to previous experiences. We say, here we go again. But Mm -hmm. it's helpful to be clear in a lot of these situations, say, this is not that. This is not that. Yeah. That tool has shaped me a lot just Mm -hmm. in learning that idea that, that I can stop and go, okay, is this that? No, it's not. Right. And it's not fair for me to treat this person like that. Right. You know, that past experience or whatever. Like I'm dealing with another scoundrel mm-hmm. who's going to hurt me, leave me, reject me, abandon me, or right. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So investigating our and to figure out what they are, that's so huge. Um, the third thing I think that's really important is instead of unconsciously reacting to a trigger or stimulus, we can start learning to consciously respond to them, which mm-hmm. is a whole different thing. Again, we're not trying to tell people act as though your triggers aren't there. We're actually trying to say the opposite. Right. They're there. Know what the, no, yeah, they're there whether you act like they're there or not. Right. Know that they're there, know what they are, and then choose a response that's a conscious, mindful response. Yeah. And that's also more fair to your spouse. Yeah. You master the trigger instead of the other way around. Yeah. So here's an exercise that, you know, for people who want to actually do a pen and paper kind of exercise that might actually help. Take a sheet of paper, create three columns, and title each of them trigger, current reaction, and new response. Okay. Trigger. Trigger, current current reaction, reaction, and and new new response. response. I'm I'm writing as fast as I can here. (laughs) And in the trigger column, write down each one of your triggers. You know, just think of them as what are your hot buttons? What are the things that really get you kind of to overreact to things? Okay, so that's the first column. What's my trigger? What's my trigger? Then in your current reaction column, list how you normally react when that button gets pushed. Currently. Yeah, how you currently normally react. And then, then in the new response column, 
write what you could do as a conscious response instead of your normal knee-jerk reaction. Again, so it's the trigger, the middle column, that that current reaction is kind of the before. This Uh is the way I've done it in the past. Mm -hmm. And then the new response is the after. Yeah. So for example, you could write, your trigger might be, when I feel that my spouse dismisses my comments or my feelings about something. Okay, that's the trigger. Okay. The current reaction is I get angry and I yell at him. Because I feel dismissed. Right. Right. The new response could be, I'll tell him that my feelings were hurt. Right. That's different. That's engaging in a different way. And it might be inviting your spouse into understanding more deeply what you're feeling. And again, there's no shame in the fact that you have this trigger of feeling dismissed, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not helpful for you to get angry about it you know, right. create a different reaction. Yeah. Another example might be, okay, my trigger is when I feel insecure about my body. My current reaction is I eat a bag of cookies. <laughs> That's my favorite reaction, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> but my new response might be, let's go for a walk around the block okay. when I'm feeling, you know, insecure about that. Right. Uh, another example might be the trigger is I get, when I get overwhelmed and I get stressed, my current reaction is I drink. Alcohol or binge drink. Mm-hmm. New response might be, I'll practice deep breathing, or mm-hmm. I might say a prayer, or just you know. And, and here we're not here to fill in these columns for people. Right. We're here these to just, just give them examples. examples of you know what what can I do that's a little bit more thoughtful and mindful that might be a much more productive way of handling my trigger. Yeah, and moving from that current response to the new response is going to take practice and if it's a an addiction if there's an addiction involved that may take more than that Mm -hmm. but it's a good direction to be walking in yeah because once we know our triggers and we begin to recognize them when they happen we can see them for what they are overreactions to a perceived threat Mm -hmm. and then we can learn to respond in ways that are more life-affirming more useful and healthier for us So I want to take a quick word to thank our sponsor today. Marriage to the Max is so happy to be partnering with a great company. Teamy Blends is a detoxing program that is super easy and incredibly beneficial. So Brett, I'll ask you the question. (laughs) What's the question? Did you know that we hold 10 to 15 pounds of toxins in our colons? And I'm still disgusted like I was in part one by that. I don't want any toxins in my body. I don't either. And that's why Teamy Blends has come up with a way to get rid of these toxins and help us feel less bloated, have more energy, raise our metabolism, and help us to lose weight a little bit easier. Uh, Teamy Blends has come up with a two-step program that I have actually participated in. I did their 30-day program, and I can honestly say I did feel better when I was participating in it. Um, It's simple. It's not expensive. um, And all you have to do is drink your Teamy Skinny Tea in the morning, and then you drink your colon cleanse tea every other night and that's it they even send you a little uh, a little schedule that you can sort of check off and keep track of uh, when you've had your tea it's super easy it tastes good all you, that good stuff. You and I like those uh, check-off exercises. Oh, yes. I so love that. We, we love to make check marks. <laughs> and right now, Marriage to the Max listeners can get 15% off of any order. So go to teamyblends.com. That's spelled T-E-A-M-I, teamyblends.com, and use the code MARRIAGE to get 15% off of any order. 
I hope you will try Teamy Blends. I think you will feel so much better if you do. And a big thank you to Teamy Blends for their sponsorship. Excellent. Well, so the challenge is really just kind of learning to identify our triggers and then recognizing them. Here's the key, when they're happening. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and again, I want to I say that this is not something, Brett, that you and I learned how to do overnight. Mm-hmm. This takes some practice and there, there's, you'll kind of limp along trying to figure out how to do this. Well, in the early years, we didn't even know we had triggers. No. We didn't. I think we were in complete denial about it for sure. (laughs) Um, But to be able to stop and, you know, I think we've said on, I'm sure we've said it on podcasts before that it takes the brain 90 seconds on average average to sort of, once the stress hormones have kind of boom hit. And the amygdala is taking over basically. Takes 90 seconds of being still, quiet, and calm to get the brain to kind of come back to baseline. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, when, you're, when your trigger has been pushed, who's going to stand there for 90 seconds? That's a lot longer than it feels, than yeah. you think it is. That, that's more than just an awkward silence, yeah. period. <laughs> but if you stood there for 90 seconds and really thought, okay, what is this? Mm-hmm. Man, you might really have a whole different trajectory mm-hmm. of where that will go. So let me ask you this. Would it be helpful to have a code word in your marriage, you know, like, Ooh, that's a good I, idea. I think it's, it's probably as simple as just saying, I'm feeling triggered. Uh-huh. I need to figure out what this is. Yeah. We've talked with couples a lot about safe language, code language, you know, like they use in hospitals, code blue. Everybody knows what that means and everyone mm-hmm. knows what their response should be to it. Right. You know, to be able to say to your partner, I'm feeling triggered right now. Wow. What if that invited your spouse to be like, okay, let's just stop here for a second and figure this out together. Regroup. Yeah. Yeah. Which is much more productive than pushing forward mm-hmm. in a triggered situation that's yeah. not going to be beneficial to anybody. Right, right. So the brain forms an association between the trigger and your response to it so that every time that thing happens again, you just do the same behavioral response to it. Because, you know, they say in the brain what fires together, wires together, you know, the neurons. Are- yeah. And we know that from the last. 20, 25 years of Mm -hmm. brain mapping research. Yeah. And because our responses to triggers usually occur at the subconscious level, we're not even aware of the firing and the wiring that we've created. So we're just kind (laughs) of doomed to repeat those behaviors until we identify what the triggers are. So what you're saying is this is the way out of the pattern of bad behavior. Yeah. And taking care, taking better care of ourselves, really. Mm -hmm. So the last thing I just want to talk about in in how we what we do with our triggers is figure out how to make it better next time. And this is where we can really engage with our our spouse, you know, to ask the question, what is one way that your partner can make it better next time this kind of incident happens? I'm thinking back to that young couple that I I, I mentioned uh, in the other episode about she was super punctual and whenever he would run five to 10 minutes late, she'd get really mad mm-hmm, and then he'd get story. defensive and yeah. And there was a story behind it, which I think probably helped them a lot, but what might help them is for him to ask her, okay, now that we've established your trigger, what can I do if I know I'm running five to 10 minutes mm-hmm. late? Do I, you want help. me to text you ahead of time? Do you want me to call you? Right. You know, help me help you. Exactly. Right. And then he might be able to say to her, okay, now that we've established your trigger, it would help me next time 
when you're feeling triggered to behave this way or to say this thing, mm-hmm. you know, so that I'm not feeling defen- de- defensive or yeah. accused or something like that. That yeah, makes total sense. Yeah. And those conversations are so helpful. And again, it may not even be that you reenact it exactly the way you think you plan on doing. Right. Because when our triggers happen and the amygdala is... You know, Sometimes we're like just kind of slaves to our own emotions, you right. know. We always we can't always get it together. Yeah. But I think if we talk talk about it and have good conversation around it, at least we know we're trying to help each other get on the right page. Yeah, I think this at first listen sounds like it's extremely complicated mm-hmm. and maybe exhausting. It's really not that hard. It yeah. just takes a little bit of learning, mm-hmm. a little bit of patience, and then folding it into who you are, yeah. you know, as a couple, as a married couple. Yeah. We, we, I mean, Brett, you and I fully understand how hard all of this can be, especially if you've really never dove in to this stuff. You know, when you and your partner do these kind of deep dives, these vulnerable conversations, it's hard, but the benefits are so great. You gain so much more insight. Mm-hmm. You invite compassion in, which we always say just can take you to the stratosphere. Compassion right. can yeah, do you big. so much good. You start to understand what's really going on in the other person's mind. And this kind of understanding is just invaluable as you grow in your relationship together. So I totally agree. Yeah. So I think, are we done talking about triggers? We've done two episodes now. I think that covers it for now. I'm sure we'll circle back (laughs) to it as we get triggered. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. You can also check out our website at homeencouragement.org. Also, we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic or question you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, please send us an email to thehursts at homeencouragement.org, and we will do our very best to get it on the air. We also hope you'll share the love by rating us on Apple Podcasts, and we'd be thrilled if you would write a review, give us a five star, and this helps us to have more visibility. Well, thank y'all so much for joining us today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.